Hello, this is Pastor Doug Warburton, and welcome to Pop, a Piece of Peace, a reduced sample size from our sermon on Sunday. And we're in the second week this past Sunday, October 16th, on our three-part sermon series called Grow, Serve, Give. So we're focusing on the word serve. Now, when I ask, what does stewardship mean? What comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? And there's all sorts of things. We talked about this as a staff. Does it mean giving of your time, giving of of your resources, your energy, your skill set, your money? I mean, stewardship can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But ultimately, I think a good definition is giving of your time, treasures, and talents. Stewardship started in Old Testament times thousands and thousands of years ago and it was evolved from other religions into Judaism and it was a way for people to offer back to God thanking God for the gifts that they've been given but also hoping that God would continue to bless them with good crops and healthy livestock and so they would offer their first fruits or their first grains or a sacred lamb to be slaughtered or burnt offerings to be put on the altar. It was all a form of worship. Now there's this passage in the book of Micah. It's one of my favorite. It's from Micah 6, 8, and it goes like this. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? It's okay for Lutherans to memorize Bible verses, and so I encourage you to memorize this one. It's one that I've had memorized for years and years because it's one of my favorites. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God? Now, when the ancient Jewish audience would have heard Micah say, what does the Lord require of you? Of course, burnt offerings or lamb or oil or like Solomon sacrificing a thousand lambs. What what is it that's going to make God happy? But Micah answers the question with three verbs. What does the Lord require? Three verbs. Do justice, love, kindness, walk humbly with your God. So let's focus on just that word justice today. Justice occurs all throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Just a couple examples in Deuteronomy over and over again, God calls for justice for the widow, the orphan, the immigrant. Book of Amos, Amos the prophet says, God longs for justice to flow down like a river. And in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus, says this, he says, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin. You tithe your herbs, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, like, I don't know, things like justice. It's good that you give, but follow justice. So let's ask the obvious question. What does it look like to do justice? I mean, it's It's an easy concept to say, yeah, it's something we all subscribe to, but what does it actually look like? Shane Claiborne, a great Christian activist and author, said he was speaking to a group of um, Princeton 
students. And they ask, so with so many issues on the table, how do you know what issue to follow? And he says he kind of cringes at the question itself because we're not talking about issues. We're talking about people. And he says the, the question makes me cringe. Issues. These issues have faces. We're not only talking about ideas, but also human emergencies. My response to the well-intentioned Princeton students was don't choose issues, choose people. Come play in the fire hydrants in North Philly where he lives. Fall in love with a group of people who are marginalized and suffering, and then you won't have to worry about which cause you need to protest. The issues will choose you. I mean, think about why we worship Jesus. Jesus shows us God incarnate, a God who isn't off in the clouds, but a God who enters in and walks beside us, suffers with us, lives among us. And we never see in the story of Jesus, Jesus walk up to someone and quickly say, thoughts and prayers, and walk away. We never see a Jesus who comes up to the poor and throws a dollar down. No, instead, we see a Jesus who enters in, walks beside, heals, cries with, experiences life with people. It's not issues for Jesus. It's people. We did a craze course last week uh, led by the city of Gehanna and a lieutenant and it was basically a training for if something tragic were to happen here at Peace like an active shooter, what's a, what's a healthy response? How do we respond well? And during it, the lieutenant showed a video, and in the video, there was an actor laying in the street crying out for help. And the video goes on for like 20 minutes and no one responds. At one point, someone even just steps over the man crying out. So they sent in a second actor because what was happening, the lieutenant described, is what's called the rule of the crowd. If you see other people not responding, it's easier for you to not respond. So then they sent in this actor who responds and comes to the man's help. And then suddenly a handful of other people also come help because the rule of the crowd had been broken. What does it look like for us to be the one who breaks that ice? As we focus on grow, serve, give, obviously today we're focusing on service and giving our money and our time, but, but our time and our money go together. I mean, when you support the ministries of peace, and I hope you don't limit it just to church activities, but when you support our outreach ministries, you actually have the opportunity not only to support them financially, but then to walk beside the people that they affect. You actually get to see in so many of our outreach ministries, people instead of issues. And really the question becomes, what are you willing to offer, whether it's your time or your treasures, to sacrifice for the sake of another. I'll close with this story. I had decided several years ago to go and volunteer for a while at Lutheran Social Services, one of their food pantries, and they needed people to go to a distant city. I forget where it was, but a distant Ohio city to go and work in one of their distribution centers. And I remember working with so many people from all over, and one family that I was working with was a family that had been 
supported by the food pantry, and now we're at a point where they wanted to give back out of gratitude. And I never will forget that and how impressed I was with that. But then there was this other gentleman I was working with who I'll call Cowboy Bob. Cowboy Bob had cowboy boots on and a, and a cowboy hat, and he was from Ohio, but he talked like a cowboy. <laughs> and we were working, and it was early in the morning. For whatever reason, they needed us there super early. And it was a cool day, and I remember after we had worked for a couple hours, went out into the parking lot, and the sun had come up. And we're standing there looking at the sun, Cowboy Bob and I. And I noticed how much warmer the sun had made the day. And I turned to him and I said, wow, the sun sure makes a difference, doesn't it? And I'll never forget his response. He turned to me and he said, yep, sure does. No matter which way you spell it. And then he looked at me and went, The sun sure makes a difference either way you spell it, doesn't it?